This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Wednesday edition of the Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR. Your total sports station in Mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer, producer Chris, all here. You can join us at 875-KTGR. And man, uh, a lot today It only... A lot just regarding the Chiefs, but so much more around that, too, uh, that we can get to today. And not a lot of time to get to it either, because we got to get you to Mizzou men's basketball coverage at 5. So we'll uh, get you to that. I can't wait for that. Yeah. So, uh, again, that's coming up at the top of next hour. And here's what everybody needs to know. The coverage is fantastic regardless of the score. Like, we don't know. We can't predict the results, boys and girls, but we know the coverage will be good. Yeah, you're you're going to get it from the best in the business. I mean, that's that's for sure. So uh, that's coming up at five. But until that point, we'll talk all things. We will get to some of Zoo Florida talk in just a, in, in at about four twenty-five or so. And uh, in the meantime, lots of Chiefs things to discuss. News today about one of their wide receivers no longer a Chief. Uh oh, what happened? What happened? Uh, if you saw the news earlier, we'll get to it here in just a bit. But uh, what's that mean for the Chiefs in the wide receiver room? And also uh, an update on the Legereus Sneed situation, it seems, uh, as well. We'll get to all of that in a few minutes. And uh, plenty of under-the-bus content when it comes to the Chiefs and their report card today that was released by the Players Association. Ooh, man, I don't know what I like. I, I, I don't like what I see in uh, in some of those grades that the Chiefs got. So we're going to get to that and under the bus at 4.45 and uh, plenty more. So, again, not a lot of time to uh, to get your thoughts in, so do it now. 875-KTGR, call or text us. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now the Big Show's Big Deal. We learned this morning from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. He reports that the Chiefs are releasing Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Of course, uh, two years with the Chiefs and won the Super Bowl both years. Caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl this year against the 49ers. It seemed that he saved a lot of his uh, best plays for the postseason, which is great. But the regular season eh, didn't really pan out all that well for MVS as uh, a Chiefs receiver. So the Chiefs are deciding to move on from him. That should save them about $12 million in the salary cap as well. So that helps out some of their other efforts when trying to, I don't know, negotiate contract extension with uh, Chris Jones or maybe even with Jerry Sneed, who uh, the report from Jordan Schultz and the Bleacher Report today said that the Chiefs are franchise tagging with Jerry Sneed. They are open to trading him. They're allowing him to seek a trade. So we'll see how that develops over the next few days. That's the Big Show's big deal on this 28th day of February 2024. 875-KTGR. Let's call or text us. So let's start there. MVS. It's like he's out the door, and so it opens up Farewell. not only uh, cap space, $12 million worth of it, but uh, now you have another spot in the wide receiver room that you can uh, operate with, too. And so 
this is the first sign of the Chiefs. Maybe it, it, it's for the grand scheme of things. Priorities, I think, still need to be on defense. Can you at least get one of Chris Jones and or Legereus Sneed back? But the wide receivers have to be addressed, too. I, I think we know that both are true. They need to be addressed, but this was step one because we, I think, all agreed that MVS probably wasn't going to be worth that $12 million cap hit next year. I think I thought that the day he was signed a couple of years ago, but hey, they won two Super Bowls since then. He Every made catches in the Super Bowl, man. He made some good plays play. yeah, in the postseason. <laughs> I'm did. just saying. No, he really did. But you guys remember the day he signed, I was like, this is a bad contract. And during the regular season, it was, but the Chiefs evidently knew things that we did not. Playoffs about is different, man. What was yet Playoffs to come. is different. He Playoffs, was a playoff performer. Come on. We saw yeah, that. He, no, seriously, he is very akin to. I think the way you could view Sammy Watkins in retrospect, which is like, yeah, contract probably didn't pan out, but those teams had success, and he had big moments while those Chiefs teams were having success. So uh, bon voyage to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I'm happy to see him go because I think the Chiefs can do better when it comes to that position this offseason. But I think you're right, Andy. They still want to be using this cap space to first address the defense address the two marquee players that could, in theory, depart this offseason and figure out how to keep at least one of them. And then maybe it's the one that's the most financially sensible to keep where you can then work around and build your roster the rest of the way. You know, I'd love to see both of them back, Andy, but at this point I'd be happy to just see one of them back and then have like a semi-cogent plan for what to do to replace the production of the other. It's it's interesting how we might see the Chiefs look at the wide receivers this year. Because, again, you could have a similar approach to last season where you look and say, yeah, the group we had got us to the Super Bowl, won us the Super Bowl, and then, you know, we can can figure it out the rest of the way. I don't – again, I'm not saying that they should do that. Right. I'm saying that that's how they could view this. They could if they hate us. And then just supplement – or just backfill – with, yeah. with somebody that might be more under the radar than Chiefs fans might want a wide receiver signing to be. But if we're being honest, again, free agent market for wide receivers, it's a little meh. It's not to say there aren't any answers out there, but don't be waiting for this big splash. I'm just trying to temper expectations on that. And that's reasonable, but could we make the argument that you could take that bucket of MVS Richie James, Kadarius Tony, find three new guys in that similar bucket, but just guys who fit better and perform a little more consistently. Like, I'm not asking the world, but I think there are a bunch of Tyler Boyd types out there this offseason that you get a couple of those, and I don't know the exact salaries that those guys will command, but it, again, I always try to make comparisons to other sports that, that allow me to think in terms of the way I view a situation. Last year, I felt like the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball went after a bunch of relievers in like the bargain bin, which is actually the strategy I like for baseball because sometimes overpaying relievers isn't a great move. However, nobody from the bargain bin last year ended up working out. Either they got hurt or they weren't good or whatever the case was. This year, I think the Cardinals did that again, but they have some interesting arms in camp. I think the Chiefs need to still maybe shop in that bargain bin in terms of the guys that are going to be on those shorter contracts and those lower salaries down the free agent ledgers, 
but just pick better names this time. Pick guys that, you know what, even if they're not flashy like a Kadarius Tony, where he can do really athletic things on the football field, or MVS that can make the big splash play, I almost just want more consistency. Like, can they go find the guys that they'll pay the same amount but won't drop the ball or won't go off on Instagram Live calling the teams liars? Like, just stuff like that. I'm not asking the world, Andy, but I think maybe within that bucket, you can find some receivers that are more viable. I don't know yeah, if, you, I mean, if you'd agree with that. It, I suppose, but you got to get specific. Like, it's it, get to Tyler say, Boyd. Well, they're definitely I, out there. I said Tyler Boyd is actually a guy that I think would be really interesting on the Chiefs. As an opponent, you hate him because he makes dumb comments and had that to say about, oh, well, if I hadn't been hurt, we'd have won. Whatever, shut up. But I think if you if you just look at like the, the salary expectations, Tyler Boyd would be an interesting guy to add. But I did say reliable, and sometimes about, he can be a little bit injured, okay. injury prone. What about Curtis Samuel? Would you be satisfied by that? You know what? That feels like another injury guy, right? Like if he plays a healthy season, I'm all about it because he is dynamic. You get the ball in his hands. He can make plays. But producer Chris, like, where are you on a guy like Curtis Samuel? Because again, I think we're kind of we're in the right tier. We're talking about bargainy kind of guys. But is he going to be somebody that you sign and he plays eight games over three seasons due to injury? So here's the thing: the way we talk about this is like we're hoping for getting a player out of the bargain bin, but ends up not actually being like a bargain bin caliber right. player, right? <laughs> yeah. So that is kind of that's kind of like the I guess like the paradox we're hitting here is like okay. We want to kind of not like cheap out on wide receiver, but we will got we want to get somebody with like some decent value. Okay, we can try Diamond Curtis Samuel or like a or like a Tyler Boyd or something like that. Yeah, but there are these drawbacks though that we have to consider when we go into all of that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate adding somebody like a Boyd or a Curtis Samuel. I felt like they still have some you know gas in the tank uh, to do something pretty cool on an actual competent good offense. But yeah, I do feel like if the Chiefs want to make like that big splash, I feel like. Oh, they probably have to draft somebody to do it, or they'd have to, you know, actually trade for that person if they want to get like the next like big thing at wide receiver. I okay, but what it, about you know? Is Rasheed Rice a one? Do you think he could be a one as he develops? Again, he was a rookie. He this could year. be. Yeah, that's the thing. He looked pretty darn good down the stretch they going need, into that playoff season. They need another Rasheed Rice level receiver. Like I want Mike Evans, but if they're going to spend the money on the defense and the cap isn't there to do Mike Evans, okay. But I think that you need at least another Rasheed Rice level guy. And I don't know if you just could be lucky enough to draft him correctly in the second round. Sometimes you draft a wideout in the second round, Andy, and he's Rasheed Rice. Other times you draft a wideout in the second round and he's Sky Moore. So I don't know if I want to rely on the draft to just say that'll that'll fix it. Because even with Rasheed Rice, they were hesitant. He didn't play very many snaps the first half of the year because he was a rookie and they just didn't really know that he could handle it. They They found out that they had no choice but to try playbook and that, but he ended up getting it. And I mean, by the second half, he was a mainstay in that offense and very, very reliable. But I almost think that you're going to need to maybe try to, to fire on another whiteout in the first three, four rounds, but also you got to find a reliable free agent. Even if it's not a superstar, you got to find a reliable, find your juju, go out there and find your juju this off season. Like, and again, Rasheed Rice maybe schematically fits that role. But I want another Juju level guy okay. and find him in free agency and maybe this? try to find him for value. How about this? I don't know okay. if you're going to like this. I don't care. Say it. Josh Reynolds. I actually don't hate that at all. Well, I no, said you weren't going to like it because he's from, you know, he's on, he's, he's on my the other Lions. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's but, like, was... with the Lions, here's the reality the Lions should 
cast him away like the like the note in a bottle that they put out into the ocean and say we we care about this thing, but we it's time to let it it's time to let it be free because they need Jamison Williams to have every opportunity next year to take on a bigger role. I feel like even the presence of Josh Reynolds kind of holds him back because he is reliable. He's been pretty trusty for the most part. Granted, had some really bad drops in the NFC Championship game, but I think generally is is the type of name that we'd be talking about where he's affordable enough. And I would I would rather have Josh Reynolds running around out there than MVS, Tony, or Sky Moore. So, yeah, I don't hate that. I just think in addition to maybe spending some draft capital so you have more irons in the fire. Like, he's okay, but he shouldn't be the only guy you go out and get. It's interesting because, again, the Chiefs have not gone the splashy move uh, for shelling out for a wide receiver over this run. They they walk, They let Tyreek Hill walk, essentially. Not walk, but they traded him. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and they got didn't some good get a back. big time. Yeah, I mean, they got some great draft capital back, and it's paid off big time for them. They have not really spent big time in that position or committed a lot of years to people. So what do they do now with, uh, again, They've got the dynasty, but how long can they keep it last? How long can they keep good weapons around Patrick Mahomes? Give us your thoughts. Uh, MBS uh, reportedly being released by the Chiefs, 875-KTGR. And uh, also the reports, uh, we we heard this was possible yesterday, but it seems the Chiefs are franchise tagging Legereus Sneed. That was the report from Jordan Schultz, a bleacher report earlier today. So... They're looking to trade. I mean, they're, they're looking to see what trade value they can get for him, while also I think negotiating a long-term deal. And if they can get that done, and Chris Jones done, they're playing the field. Then that would be fantastic stuff. I'm not going to say it's absolutely happening, but Chris Jones is your one on the priority list. Legarius Sneed, I think, is two. Backfilling the wide receiver uh, position is is maybe three for me. And then by tagging Snead, you then have the opportunity to trade him. Yeah. He would have been a free agent had you not Correct. tagged him. Yes. And in the case of Chris Jones, you can't ta- I mean you could have you could have tagged him again for that $32 million price tag, but he didn't like it when you wanted to tag him last year and he held out. So I think from a just like a asset management stance it makes sense to say we've got one tag we can use. Let's let's plan to use it on Snead, but also understand that if we can get capital back in the event that we can't work out a long-term deal with both, both defenders, that we at least get something back for him. We don't end up paying him on the tag. And then maybe we can throw a little bit more money in that wide receiver market. Because like had they kept MVS, he would have been on that depth chart. That is a little bit of, a, of an example of, hey, $12 million to play with that you can devote to receiver. But if we need to push some of that that coin over to defense, we can also do that. But that's why I think it's really important to be cost-efficient, cost-effective when it comes to whoever they land at wide receiver and free agency, which could and should be a couple of guys. And, like, I'm to the point where I don't care what the ramifications on cap or anything else are. I cut Kadarius Tony. Just have him, have him cast aside. They haven't done that officially. But cut him, trade him for nothing. It doesn't matter to me. Like you're kind of you're kind of what do you think, Andy? Do you is there a world in which you'd bring him back it's, to this team next year? Because for me, Tony? yeah, I, I think he's poison. Uh, there's a way it happens, 
but I don't know if it's uh, it, you don't do it for cost saving because it's almost nothing. Like it's, well, good, it's just cut bad. him. You you do it for the roster spot, and if you have somebody else in mind that you know you can go and get, then you do it. But if not, I mean, okay, fine, he's out. Like, there. let me. I don't know what anybody on on this free agency list is going to make, but if you just listed some names. I mean, Josh Reynolds should probably be a decent free agent. He, I mean, he showed himself to be pretty capable. But you mentioned Curtis Samuel. Like, I'll even say, like, Paris Campbell, who, you know, that level of player, I would take over Kadarius Tony because I think Tony is liable to give you nothing on the field due to injury or inconsistency or whatever it might be. But he's also liable to be a, a cancerous aspect of your locker room. I am to the point where I'm like, I don't trust the guy to not pop off on social media and, and you know what I mean? Like, it's just too much. Yeah, it was yeah, too much. Right, and yeah. so I don't care about skill level. Is his upside physically better than a lot of the guys in that tier of free agency? Of course. But I just don't want to deal with it. Give me Van Jefferson. I mean, seriously, just give me like a, just a, a, a jag, just a guy to replace that spot on the roster. I'm good with it because I think Kadarius Tony. The, the ship has sailed on his upside. Well, could, I mean, Calvin Ridley's a different story. He's one of the probably premier free agents of this class. Evans, Ridley, I don't know what the Colts are doing with Michael Pittman. I'm sure they're going to tag him. We know T. Higgins has been tagged, or will be. So, like, there's not a ton of uh, top-end guys. I don't think you can treat Kadarius Tony Like, my whole point is you can't treat him like the upside that he has. I almost want to treat him with the, he's the guy that could ruin a three-peat season by doing something stupid. Like, he's capable of that and being that cancerous to a locker room. Maybe this is just a character assassination by me on Tony, but I also kind of feel like he's put himself in this spot. I mean, it hasn't helped that there was the, the social media stuff. The Too much. The on Instagram. and There are some people that. who are worth that. There are some people in NFL history who are worth that kind of headache. Kadarius Tony is not one of those people. Not he's for me not anymore. making the money that you would uh, miss the, his production either. So, and I just think he's too much of a in his own head kind of guy to gain the upside that he possesses somewhere within him. He's not going to get there. I just am not a believer at this point. Eight seven five KTGR call or text us. Uh, what do you think the Chiefs should do at wide receiver? Releasing MVS. That was the news today, and uh, some other possibilities coming for. Uh, for this offseason for the Chiefs. Again, with the larger salary cap, they made a cost-saving move today by releasing MVS, get $12 million back to that cap. Uh, maybe it can help out your efforts in extending Chris Jones' luxurious need, and there could be more cost-saving efforts there, too. I think the maybe the big one looming is what you do with Charles who He's due a lot of money next year, but you don't know if you're going to get him for the full season because he just tore his ACL in the playoffs. And so... That's kind of a tough situation for him, uh, what you do there. Uh, but uh, other than that, there's not a whole lot else that you can go to as far as uh, saving the money. I think the Chiefs are doing what they need to do in order to uh, get the space for some of these negotiations to actually get somewhere. Right. And I think it's unfortunate for Omenahu, the timing, but I I think if you're the Chiefs, you just kind of revisit Probably, yeah. for the next year. You know, like yeah. you'd love to have him back then, but for now you can't. He, he just tore his ACL. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but that's where they are. Yeah, Chris. So I think with franchise tagging Legereus Sneed, you have an opportunity to kind of square the circle a little bit in terms of, okay, we need to do this. We also need to bring like this kind of talent in. 
I can think of a couple of teams off the top of my head with some very good, very talented, very dynamic pass catchers um, who are severely lacking on the back end Ooh. of their defenses. So rather than trade for a pick, you trade for that reliable re- receiver, perhaps. You're yeah, saying. I mean, it's not, without, it's not without you know precedent. I Give me some names. Because uh, we never we don't often see these trades in football. Baseball, sure. NBA, perhaps. Football, let's have a football for a football player trade. What do you got? So you mentioned Josh Reynolds. I would like to see a player like Jameson Williams do oh something gosh. in this Chiefs offense. And in return, they get an elite cornerback that they were yeah. severely missing. Especially in that NFC Championship game. Andy, what do we you can think? take what it even think? further than that. You, you really think the Lions right would AJ Brown in Philly? Would the oh, okay. Lions part? Whoa! Ways hold on, hold on. Time out. Everybody, pause. Jameson because Williams. because we have to do JMO. And Chris was like, "I gotta get this AJ Brown take out." Let me get JMO first. What do you? Any instant reaction? Because JMO's been underwhelming so far, but has shown signs. And there are a lot of reasons that he's been on a delay. To emerge, ACL tear, gambling suspension. Like, there have been reasons, but maybe year three is his year. Would you do that, Sneed, for JMO, if you're the Chiefs? Oh, I would. I would do it too. But I don't know if the Lions the would. The Lions, but, I don't. It's, but, okay, but if you're the Lions, there. hold on. If you're the, again, the Sneed thing is a one year deal. Well, on the maybe tag, not, though. Unless because you it, sign him. Because you're you, also, it, it's not just that. Because the teams that you're looking to trade with are also teams that would want to extend Legarius Sneed. Because exactly. then they want because then they want the years and they want the the cap relief. Because they right. don't want to pay the nineteen point eight million franchise tag. They want to be able to manipulate his contract to be able to help out your salary cap and everything like that. So you yes. want an extension. That's yes. what you're searching for. And the Chiefs, by the way, will probably get a chance to match that if if, and that's, they, if that's a number they like. It's a big part of it too, right? He can test his market and find out what other teams are going to pay him, and the Chiefs can go, great, that's cool with us, you're on the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, they could offer him that same deal, and that's a possible outcome of this. But if it does come to a trade, so like, for the Lions, if you are the Detroit Lions, Jamison Williams was not a huge part of your team. He was more of a bit player as they made it to the NFC Championship yeah. game. If you if you say, we're going to re-sign Josh Reynolds for the role he just played, to go with Amon Ross St. Brown, to go with Sam Laporta, like, they would still have enough and then you say our defense is a lot better with a lockdown corner. I, it's tough because Jamison Williams has still got a couple years left of of good quality team control. Yeah. But also, like it's year three. I understand why he hasn't done anything yet because he was injured, literally got hurt in the national championship game, and people are like, "Oh, he was a bust as a rookie." He, he tore his ACL in January. Like I don't know what you expected to happen. But then the second year kind of sucked because of the gambling suspension, and he kind of took a little bit of time to get integrated. They might do that. If I'm the Chiefs, I would do it. If I'm the Lions, I don't think it's crazy either. If the Chiefs get that call, absolutely do it 100%. I'm fine with it. Um, and then A.J. Yeah. Brown, I think, is too Brown. crazy yeah, to have happen. Okay, right. like, I just, I just don't like throwing that No, I know there. it's fun, uh, yeah. but I think it's. I think they'll figure they it out. They already made they'll, that trade for him, and it right. worked out very well for they him. Have to, they have to ride that out, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's got to be. But J-Mo is fun. I would do it. It's very interesting, though. I would do it, man. Oh, man. J-Mo is part of the reason I became a Lions fan, though. That would be really tough. That would be kind of kind Only of to make sure that he's... It's fine. Yeah, he's fun. 875-KPGR, give us your thoughts on the Chiefs' possibilities now with MVS off the books, tagging LeJarrius Sneed, still trying to get Chris Jones uh, long-term extended. We'll get uh, more of your thoughts here at, uh, at 425 here on the big show. And also on this, the NFLPA report card came out, and it 
was not very kind to the Chiefs. How do we feel about it? Plus, our predictions for Mizzou and Florida hoops coming up at the top of the hour. It's all next year on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. I mean, there is a whole lot of Chiefs news today, and we don't have much to get to, uh, or we don't have much time to get to it. I mean, MVS released, Ladarius Sneed franchise tagged. You've got the uh, the NFL PA report card that did not look very kindly on the Chiefs, which we'll get to in just a little bit. They announced renovation. The, the renovations for uh, Arrowhead Stadium were announced today. Uh-huh. Like a big meeting there, of course. Big press conference of uh, you know a bunch of uh, suits getting together and yeah. you know shaking hands and patting backs, whatever it was. And then <laughs> on top of all of that, Chiefs Alec pleads guilty, like. <laughs> We can't keep up with all the Chiefs news today. Here's where we go. Chiefsaholic, stick around for the the yeah, under the bus because yeah. that's gonna I, that'll be where we get to that individual. I want to comment quickly on the Arrowhead stuff. Does does the renderings is that basically factoring in the K being just bulldozed? Is that part of it? It looks yeah. that way. One thing, and again, I kind of figured that would be the case because they're moving to the downtown stadium. That's the plan, and so these kind of Things are in conjunction with one another. But I would just like to say, I do think, and I saw this comment somewhere, I think, on Twitter, and I agreed with it, they need to keep the the site of home plate where it is. Keep that in, in, incorporated in for the history of, like, this was where the home plate at the old yes. ballpark stood. I would like to see just a little bit of a, I don't know if that's in the plans. If not, I'm just out here saying, on behalf of Royals fans, it should be, the K is a wonderful place, and I'll be sad to see it go. Um, I've always enjoyed the, the the few times I've gotten to go there, but I I the renderings it's just like they've got it's like a parking lot, but also now we've got like this grassy thing on the outside of the stadium. That was all I noticed about the new Arrowhead renderings. I don't know if there's anything that I missed. Well, again, it was it was that outdoor like fan experience kind of yeah, area. It just looked like a football field. Like, right, I don't know like what... it was just out there. You've got a bunch of pedestrian bridges that I guess will make it easier for fans to get in and out. Build a... some restaurants. Like give a. If, I mean, if we're doing this, a let's lot do of this. this was just the the VIP suites, the concourse, and it, yep. it seems like most of the renovations were around that. They're going to get new scoreboards. They're going to have like different. Uh, I don't know. But is it not just, a no brainer to build like KC Live 2.0? Just like have a little, you know what I mean? Just like a little gathering space. I mean, do I don't they think have that. Crazy. I mean, it's around. Like that's around the, the right at Arrowhead. Area, right? No, no, no. I'm. No, I'm saying build the second one at Arrowhead. Oh, like, have okay. some restaurants and stuff that people can, I don't know, maybe they don't care about that, but yeah. I thought to do another one in what, like, people can go from the game and then post-game at the, I don't know, just my thought, just my two cents. Well, I'm not in charge of the renderings, but the home plate thing is my is my top no, priority. No, I get it. No, I understand. And, of course, this is all contingent, as Pete te- texts in and points out, 875-KTGR. This is all contingent upon that vote in April of yeah. Jackson Which County is a voters vote to continue what they've already been doing. What they've already been doing. Not a new thing, but it's, uh, yeah. it, it is up to them to decide what they want to do, and that it, that's but, fine. But at the same time, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to them today. I'm listening to Lamar Hunt. I'm listening to uh, or not Lamar Hunt, Clark Hunt, uh, Mark Donovan, you the president to Lamar of the Chiefs. There, pal? No, you know, come on. Hey, uh, but, that I don't. But I mean. <laughs> 
Clark Hunt saying, oh, yeah, we're going to, it's going to cost $800 million. We expect $300 million will be our money. Oh, boy. All you right, can't even pay Bart. for half of it. Here you go. Vote Seriously? It down. I say vote it down and see what happens. Like, come on. <laughs> what would you can't happen? Even pay would, for half the renovation of your, you know what of would your stadium. You know what would happen? If all this gets voted down, they'll threaten to move to Kansas, but they won't really. You know, That's, they'll that'll be the next yeah, ploy. Right. And I'm not high on Clark Hunt today. We'll talk about that here in a moment as well. Because I, I think for having a, a world championship caliber team two years in a row, they probably should be doing a little bit more for these players. Uh, yeah. They probably should have a little bit of a better situation going on in those in, in, in between these walls of the Chiefs facilities. Sure seems that way. I mean, this is uh this is pretty in- incredible stuff. Um, the Chiefs today, uh, with the NFLPA report card coming out, this was a survey of, of players across the league that, you, that the union put together of just a- how are your ownership groups, how are your uh, organizations treating you and treating facilities around you and everything like that. And the Chiefs did not give very glowing reviews no they, they do not in fact uh had some very bad reviews of of the situations they second were, consecutive year by the way they were they graded as overall the second worst situation out of the entire nfl 31st out of 32 teams on this report card and let me dive in real quick and just explain like some fans might be listening and say well, why should I care about this? They won two Super Bowls. Like, it doesn't matter. I think there is uh, area room to have a point of pride be like, our team treats the players well, and, and that in turn would make people want to come here, want to be a part of this. Like, just treat people well. And, yes, do NFL players maybe have higher standards than than the average every man, the average civilian, because they make a lot of money and they're kind of used to being pampered? Maybe so. But relative to the rest of the league, I think it would be a selling point to say, hey, we're toward the top half of the league and making sure our players, you know, we're doing right by them. I think it is, Andy, I personally think it is something that matters and something that you should strive to do well in because all it means, again, fans are going to hear this and go, oh, those pampered players are complaining. Okay, just realize it's the owners who have 100, 200, 500 times the wealth of these individual players. Correct. That are saving money. You are you are stumping for the billionaires when you say those rich players need to stop worrying about being so pampered. Okay, just recognize you're then stumping for the person own which if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But just recognize the logic of your thought process if you're gonna say, Oh, the Chiefs are so pampered, who cares that they're thirty first out of thirty two teams in terms of the NFL Players Association survey? Well, I do because I think if you're Clark Hunt, you could afford it. You could obviously afford to be, uh, you know, people. The NFL likes to, you know, wash the back of these owners and and have these absolute fluff pieces during the Super Bowl talking about how great Lamar Hunt and all these guys ever were. Look, the owners, their their role is to make money through through their organization. It's kind of the way a lot of them feel. I would like to see if we're going to fluff them up and make them look all good during the Super Bowl. Let's go ahead and at least be doing right by the players. So I do think this stuff matters. I wanted to cut that off at the head, Andy, before because I know that certain people will have comments of, eh, who cares, these pampered players. It's the owners that are saving money. If yeah. you want to stump for those folks, you're keen. Just know what you're doing. Yeah, they're they're saving money by 
Yeah, skirting the players' situation here, and they're saving money by crying poor and making you pay for more than half their renovated stadium. That's what they're just doing. Put, we're just putting the logic out here on the big show right. so that people see it. Like, That's come all. On. It's all out here. That's what those owners do. It's ridiculous, man. Uh, Seamus here on the KTGR hotline. Seamus, what's up? So I just wanted to point out with those renderings, you know the one thing that's actually missing as well? What's There's that? no rolling roof, which means this no. thing to be able to do a Super no Bowl. No retractable either. roof. Yeah, uh, no Super Bowl for KC. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's another thing that people were, were looking at. Yeah, appreciate the call, Seamus, here on the big show, KTGR. It's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, I mean it's, I, it can still happen, but, I mean, when if they decide to go to an outdoor venue, when are they going to come to KC? Like, it, I, I can't see it unless there's no, a retractable I, roof. You're not it's, getting a Super Bowl without that option, I don't yeah, think. If you're, you know, if you're Green Bay, that's one thing. You know, that's a historic... But I, I, don't know if, I don't know if KC quite has the clout. That's really the only spot that I could say... Yeah, you've got a chance, Green Bay, which I think they have plans to do that already, don't they? Or yeah, that's I supposed mean, to be coming. Trying to at least uh, to to bring that there, but uh, again, I now I'm not going to say it's impossible. The Chiefs could put together a very compelling bid, and maybe these renovations help. But yeah, there, there's also we have to realize that the NFL got very lucky when they did the the uh, the Super Bowl at. Uh, wherever it is uh, in New Jersey, uh, where the Jets and Giants play them. The name's like MetLife. The Meadowlands? Met- oh. Meadowlands. Meadowlands. MetLife Stadium, though, MetLife is what it's Stadium. called. Yeah. They lucked out, man. Like, the, it the it was like 60 degrees. The The forecast called for perfect weather. Yeah, they don't have a roof. And that's a, They that's don't have air. a roof. Yeah, okay. It's open. It, no retractable roof there. So, I mean, it could have been a lot worse when it came to that. But, um you know, sometimes you, you you're just at the mercy of Mother Nature on this. I I agree that the Chiefs could put together a compelling enough case that it could still happen for the NFL anyway, but they need all kinds of assurances, and a roof helps. It would help. It would definitely help. But what do we think about the report card specifically? Do we have some of the breakdown of this Players Association well, report card? Like where are they? Where are they falling short that Clark Hunt? should kind of get his stuff together and, and maybe help out. Well, treatment of families, D+. Plus. Food and cafeteria, C-. minus. Nutritionist, dietitian is an F. Locker room is That's an crazy. F. crazy. Locker room Come is on. apparently a very big sticking point. The There's Chiefs apparently, uh, according to the president of the NFLPA, he was talking to reporters today, Chiefs were apparently promised after they won last year's Super Bowl, 2022, they were promised, hey, you're... Your locker room is going to be renovated. And all they did was add new chairs. With backs on them. The chairs didn't have backs on them before <laughs> that. They said, hey, yeah. can we have some chairs that aren't these, like, dinky little stools? But, yeah, they, they, they didn't renovate the locker room other than putting in some new furniture. And, again, J.C. Treader, the, the president of the NFLPA, talking about this sort of stuff. And this was a tweet from Brooke Pryor, who used to cover the Chiefs, now covers the Steelers for ESPN. But she was relaying the thoughts of Treader saying, look, they they asked about, hey, are you going to renovate the, the locker room? Why didn't you do it when you said you would? And they said, well, you guys lasted too long in the playoffs, and we didn't have enough time. 
<laughs> Give me a break. You <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're too good, actually. You're too <laughs> good. So you don't get, yeah. You don't That's have enough so time bad. to have your locker room renovated. Come on. That's an all, that I is mean. rich. That's one of the worst quotes that you could possibly give. Like your team that you own ends up winning a Super Bowl. He says yeah, players were told, quote, they went too far in the playoffs and they didn't have time to renovate. Terrible. Oh, my goodness. Let's Give get to break. Josh here real quick on the KTGR hotline. Josh, what's up? So when it comes to that NFL Players Association report, what was the one piece of it that gave the Chiefs a good grade? It was the head coach. The head coach got head an A+. He was first. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things where the Hunt family has consistently ran one of the most underperforming, unproductive organizations through and through, decade and decade after decade. And Andy Reid was the one who came in and changed the entire process. And it's time for Hunt to really hold up his end of the bargain and get these updates. There are college-level uh, locker rooms that are – far and above, much more plush than what the Chiefs currently have. And when it comes to Jackson County having to kick in for these updates, give me a break, Hunt. It's time to put up the money. Yeah. Like, even just pay for half of it, right? Great call. Pay for half of the renovations. Appreciate it, Josh. You're on the big show. By the way, there was confusion as to which locker room the Chiefs were referring to. It was the training facility locker room. The Chiefs actually did renovate the Arrowhead Stadium locker room that they were in. And so people were kind of confused, like, didn't you renovate the locker room? No, they're talking about the training facility where the players spend a whole lot more time. So right. It's just the, not the game day locker room, right, but where yeah. they are throughout the week. And Clark Hunt says, yeah, the, the training facility, we probably kind of outgrown that. It's a priority. to fix. Just do it. Like, just go ahead and yeah. do it. If you can tell us it's a priority and that you recognize it, just spend the money and do it. I Man. That is we frustrating. can dive more into this and under oh, the bus. Oh, we're going but, to. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll save my rage yeah. for that. <laughs> under the bus and the absolute ridiculousness from the Chiefsaholic lawyer is coming up. But first, we give you some more uh, chances to win Como Man Show tickets all this week and next. It's going to be coming up Saturday, March 9th at the Northeast Event Center. You can see us out there. You can get a chance to win a cool prize and all kinds of great prizes at the Como Man Show. All things man, uh, fireworks, uh, power power sports, power tools, food, everything. Go and check it out on Saturday, March 9th. Two tickets going away to caller number three right now, 573-875-KTGR. That's 875-5847. Caller three gets a pair of tickets to the Como Man Show next Saturday. Here on the Big Show. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. It's time to go under the bus on the Big Show. We're just going to step aside and let the Chief Saholic lawyer speak to the people. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing, and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. Ah! But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Clean pocket. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Saholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because 
He's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs Kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you and God bless. Oh my gosh. So what did we learn, guys? Not wow. a damn thing. That's a, <laughs> that's, All right, good answer. That's the answer. That uh, the whole thing is apparently a joke that we can make a lot of football-related puns regarding, exactly. yeah. even though you could be facing decades in prison. So, well, yeah. Good, good luck to you, Chief sir. Pollock, pleading guilty today, the bank robbery. He was guilty. Spit. He was guilty. Super guilty of laundering money that he stole from banks into casinos and online betting and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, lengthy prison sentence probably coming his way. Under the bus. That part of the uh, the big Chiefs news day today, as well as the uh, the bad grades from the NFLPA survey that the Chiefs got. Again, like, these grades are at the very bottom. Like, we're not... We're not being. We're not exaggerating about this. There are the thirty first. There are F's I mean, all over this uh, this report card. Not, not Andy Reid. No, not Andy <laughs> Reid. He got an A plus. Everywhere else, D's and F's. You fall ass backwards into one good thing, and that kind of keeps you from the bottom. An F minus, which again didn't really know that they allowed to exist in this sort of thing, <laughs> but an F minus on the uh, on the ownership, and the comment made in this report card, club owner Clark Hunt. Receives a rating of 4.9 out of 10 from Chiefs players when considering his willingness to invest in the facilities. And that was last overall in the league. Yep. And just, again, they can say whatever they want on pregame for the Super Bowl, but the players are going to tell you what what it's like to play for certain teams. And Clark Hunt needs to do better. That's the bottom line. Yeah. You got to look in the mirror. Under the bus. Realize that you got to treat your... uh, your players better under the bus of the Jets. McCole Hartman threw him under uh, in his podcast appearance early that was released earlier today, oh, talking yeah. about the culture and how you know on the offensive side of the ball there's no accountability and that uh, you know he was he was willing to uh, to be a big part of the offense or at least know his role in the offense, allow Garrett Wilson to be the number one, but maybe acting a little bit better that a uh, a rookie beat him out for his job essentially. And their Jets, uh, like the GM of the Jets, came after him today, and, and the punter Thomas Borstead came after him today Not on the Twitter. Punter. Yeah, the, the punter's punter, involved in this now for the Jets. Oh man, I I am going to give the benefit of the doubt to the player that has a history of winning, and not the organization that clearly does not. I did see a tweet that said McCall Hartman has won more Super Bowls in the last twelve and a half months than the Jets having their entire existence. So take that for whatever it's Well, they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. McCall has two. two of them. Oh, okay. McCall's won two. You're right. Yeah, That's he's right. still got more. Okay. Under the bus. <laughs> yes, you were on track. Math is math. Okay, yeah. Um, by the way, enjoy enjoy New York, MBS. That's where you're heading. Uh, right? You think? Right? I, 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 come on. That's, 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 that's the no only logical explanation. There's no shot right? to do that. Yeah, because he's a, he can relink up with uh, Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. Great call, Andy. It, like, where's, the, where he's where's the betting odds on that? I want to put a futures <laughs> yeah, bet down. Do it right now because it's it's a shoe-in. Oh, and under the bus to Dave Cavill. Is that how you say his name? Dave, Honestly, I don't, I don't care. Cavill. Because he, I just call him Sucky Dave. <laughs> Exactly. Sucky Dave, huh? <laughs> uh, president of the Oakland A's. 
he's he's highlighting the the thing around uh, the Coliseum where they're honoring the 50 years of history in Oakland and all oh, the great things yeah. that happened in baseball in Oakland. in Oakland over the last 50 years. Oh, sure. You know, he right hit the replies. The he locked replies on the tweet. He yeah, had the audacity to tweet too. it, but locked the replies. I just, I don't know what his last name is, Dave, whatever. I just call him Kevin Demoff Jr. That's, I leave it at wow. that. what it is. Under the bus. Yeah, so to, to tweet that out and lock replies. That means you know it was the wrong thing. Like, why even bother? Yep. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports. On the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Any day is a great day to get delicious handmade chocolates and candies from the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia. Online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. Willie Smith is the latest addition to the SEC Legends class. He'll be the representative for the University of Missouri and be honored at the uh, uh, men's basketball tournament in a couple of weeks in Nashville. Of course, uh, helped them to the Big 8 championship in 1976. 25.3 points per game is still, I believe, a Mizzou record that holds up today. Willie Smith was an excellent player uh, back in the 70s for Mizzou basketball, and he'll be added to the SEC Legends class. We know he wasn't technically in the SEC. <laughs> get so over it. Yeah, come on. He's worthy. He's, there. He's worthy yes. of being honored uh, for his Winston's contributions to Mizzou to winning a Big A championship. Congrats to Willie Smith. That'll be a well-deserved honor that he gets in a couple of weeks. Well-deserved honor. And, yeah, don't gripe about, well, he didn't play in the SEC. I mean, eventually Mizzou's going to have been in that conference long enough to be able to have some legends who did play in the conference. But Willie Smith, a deserving Mizzou legend, and they're in the SEC now, so he's he's going to going to get this honor that he that he certainly does deserve. All right, so we are uh, ending early today to get you to Mizzou men's basketball coverage at the top of the hour. The Tigers are in Florida taking on the Gators. Hey, me too. Okay. <laughs> Man, I thought we were going to go a whole show <laughs> nope. without that nope. kind of reference. You thought wrong. Nope. Hey, Turned give me a wrong. score. Quick score prediction. Uh Florida 70, Mizzou 62. Mizzou 78, Florida 70. I'm in the state. They got to win it. All right. I sure hope that happens. We'll see if it happens tonight for uh, Mizzou men's basketball, trying to break the 14-game losing streak and get that first conference victory. So stay tuned for that at the top of the hour. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock with another big show. He's Brendan. He's producer Chris. I'm Andy. We're done for now.